In everything, the middle part is always the least interesting and the most arduous. Be it the second act of a three-act story, the second book in a trilogy, or the second trimester in a pregnancy, that in-between space is usually the least interesting. But it doesn't have to be. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is How Story Works. In celebration of NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, 30 days, 50,000 words, I decided to talk a bit about the three stages of writing, discovery, drafting, and revision. I talk about them in this order because that's the order that they mostly go in, although they do overlap and writers bounce from one to the other, often without even realizing it, during the writing process. So last week we did Discovery, that lovely phase where the world is open and you're running through fields, picking the flowers that spark your fancy and studying them, learning their details, preparing them for arrangement. And once you've picked enough flowers and have the general idea of how they're going to work together, then you must get to the task of actually setting them in vases and making the arrangement make some sense. That, my friends, is drafting. Drafting is simply what it sounds like. It's writing down the words. That's it. It's the work of the thing. But unlike architects who hire out laborers to put the pieces of their design together, you, as a writer, are both architect and laborer, both designer and drafter. And now that you've done your discovery, you have to switch gears from big picture to the fine detail work, the actual words. Drafting is my least favorite phase of the writing process. While I will delight eventually in the little moments that happen as I write, sitting down to write is always a matter of fierce discipline for me. It's like cleaning the bathroom. I never want to do it, but I want the end result. So I have to force myself to do the thing. Now, not long ago, I told you all that sometimes you can't do the thing. Sometimes, because of life or circumstance or mental health or a million other concerns, you absolutely cannot sit down and get the thing done. And feeling bad about it helps no one. I stand by that. Sometimes you just can't, and there's no shame in that. But there are other times when you can, but you just don't want to. So what I'm about to say in regard to drafting applies to that scenario, when you can, but you just don't want to. But first, a quick word on knowing the difference, because sometimes when you can't, you feel guilt and shame and accuse yourself of just not wanting to. When you just can't, you also can't do anything else. You can't clean the bathroom. You can't do the dishes. You can't call that old friend and set up that lunch date you've been promising. You can't do much of anything besides whatever you must do to get through the day, like sleep and work. The idea of doing anything other than the bare minimum to get through the day will often result in a choking panic. In that case, you can't, and engaging in shame and guilt will not make anything better. Most likely, it will lengthen the time it takes you to get back to a place where you can write. When you find yourself doing everything else but the writing, cleaning the bathroom, doing the dishes, calling that old friend, then you just don't want to. If you have energy for other things, you're probably fine to write. So the advice I'm about to give on how to get through the daily drafting is for you. First, drafting should be daily. Like every muscle, if you don't exercise it, it will atrophy. But it doesn't have to be a daily chore. Set yourself a minimum daily goal at first. My suggestion is not a number of words, but rather a finite amount of time. 20 minutes is, in my opinion, an ideal starting place. Even the busiest of us can usually find 20 minutes in a day to sit down and write. Set a timer. 
When you start it, turn off everything except the blank page. If you write by hand, sit down with your notebook in a room where distractions are minimum. If you're using the timer on your phone, put it on the other side of the room. If you work on a computer, shut off the internet if possible. If not, turn off notifications and close your internet browser. The point is, for that 20 minutes a day, it's just you and the blank page. That's it. And during that time... You may not write a single word, and that's okay. As long as you spend that time thinking about nothing but your story, you're good. Your mind may drift from time to time, but if you pull it back to the story, you're good. Close the document or shut the notebook and put it away until tomorrow. As time goes by, you'll eventually find yourself so engrossed in the work and the words that the 20 minutes will feel like nothing, and you'll go past that time easily. Some days you'll work for hours and it'll feel like minutes. That's wonderful. But sometimes during drafting, you're going to find yourself blocked. You don't quite know what happens next. Either you're pantsing and you literally don't know, or you've already plotted, but something's not quite right with the story as you laid it out. Items will shift during flight, and you need to shift with them. When you hit that point, spend your 20 minutes back in discovery activities. Make a new page in your collage scrapbook. Add songs to your soundtrack. Reread what you've already written. What is important for those 20 minutes every day is that it's just you and your story. Guilt and berating yourself will not result in a better story ever. Chase your delight. Return to the things that inspired the story in the first place. Find as much joy in this act of creation as you can. And whenever you're stuck, go back into discovery to find your way through. Eventually, you'll solve the problem. Most likely, overnight, while sleeping, and you'll wake up one morning able to move forward. And continue to listen to your soundtrack when you have time to think about the story, while driving to work, working out at the gym, brushing your teeth. That music will become powerfully associated with the story for you, and it will inspire you when you need it. But you have to charge it first, like a battery. Listen to it while thinking about your story, and play it when you're stuck. Ritual can also be incredibly helpful while drafting. Buy a candle that you only burn while doing your daily drafting work. Wear a particular hat or ring or perfume or tie only while drafting. Write a prayer to the creative gods and say the words every time before you sit down. Try to work in the same physical space while drafting, if you can, at the same time every day. Humans have been mining inspiration and transport from meaningful rituals since the dawn of humanity. There's a reason for that. So tap into that part of the human operating system and use it to your advantage. Another thing you can do to help move things along is dedicate yourself to writing crap. Yes, that's my advice. Write crap. I learned this while doing NaNoWriMo for the first time, and it remains the absolute best piece of writing advice I have ever received. Before NaNo, I would start writing and then edit and try to make it perfect. And by the time I got to about chapter five, which would take forever, I would lose my interest in the whole thing and just start something new. But for NaNo, I had set a goal of about 2,000 words a day. That kind of output for fiction is pretty intense. And if I worried about each one of the words, there was no way I would make that goal. So I released myself from the constant critical voice of my internal editor and I just wrote. There's an episode from season five of The X-Files called Bad Blood, where Mulder and Scully go to a small town in Texas to investigate vampire activity. One of the vampires drugs Mulder, and as Mulder is about to pass out, he takes an open bag of sunflower seeds and tosses it at the vampire, knowing that vampires are famously compulsive, and the vamp will have to stop to pick up all the sunflower seeds before trying to kill him. Your internal editor is like that vampire. Write crap. 
throw a million crappy sunflower seeds at that voice inside that says, not good enough. And eventually, that voice will become overwhelmed and just shut up. And when that happens, a few days or weeks into your drafting process, then you will be free. And while deliberately setting out to write crap, you will ironically write some of the best things you've ever written, things you never would have written if you hadn't set yourself free. Related to this, now that I've told you all the things to do, I want to tell you the one thing that you must not do. You must not judge. Do not judge the quality of the words you wrote. Do not judge the quality of the story you're writing. Do not judge your 20 minutes that resulted in only one sentence. Do not judge the 20 minutes that resulted in not a single word. Do not judge the day that you didn't make the 20 minutes entirely or at all. We have this idea in our culture that we are, by nature, lazy and self-indulgent. Left to our own devices, we'll never do anything worthwhile or industrious. And the only thing keeping us in line is our internal sense of shame and self-judgment. This is not true. If this was true of human nature, we would have died out long ago. We would still be living in caves. And I'll prove it to you. Look around you. I mean, really look. Are you in the car, driving? Look at the other cars that speed down the road, hunks of metal and plastic powered by fuel and battery, zipping from one location to another in a time frame unimaginable a thousand years ago. Are you at home? Look at the walls around you. Look at the lights overhead. Look at the phone in your pocket, the computer in your office. Touch the earbuds or headphones that are delivering this sound to you that I recorded at some time in the past in a place far away from where you are right now. Everything in your environment your clothes, your home, your car, your contact lenses, your phone, your office building, your home, were made because first someone imagined it could exist, and then they willed it into existence. Lazy? Self-indulgent? Please. What we are, each of us, is a miraculous wellspring of magic and imagination, creating things that did not exist before we thought they could. You engage in little acts of creation all day, every day. When you take a frozen hunk of meat and make a dinner, you are engaging in a sacred act of creation. When you put a lifeless seed in the ground and it grows into something beautiful or edible, you are engaging in a sacred act of creation. When you take data and put it in a spreadsheet and make it make sense, you are engaging in a sacred act of creation. And when you spend 20 minutes with your story, you are engaging in a sacred act of creation. You are not lazy or self-indulgent. You are magic. Now go be magical. Go draft that book. All right, that's it for today. If you have questions about how story works, call 302-643-CHIP. That's 302-643-2447. And leave a message. Or you can email me at Lonnie at Chipperish.com or contact me on Twitter at Lonnie Dine Rich or at Chipperish with the hashtag HowStoryWorks. How Story Works is a free college-level course in narrative theory and is entirely supported by listener donations. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help keep it in production and gain access to exclusive Chipperish content and a community of smart people who love stories. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish for more information. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>